Slack is taking Microsoft to the EU courts, and Halo? Well, there's a lot we need to talk about with Halo. Happy Friday, everybody. We are back doing the thing we do every Friday where we recap the, the tech news of the week, particularly retaining to Microsoft side of things and, well, gaming news as always. So we're going to kick things off here uh, with me not being on vacation. I was supposed to be on vacation right now, but there's just too many things working against us going back to school, uh, family member, my wife going back to work and other things. And just it just the timing, unfortunately, didn't work out and we had to cancel it last minute. And so I've just been here in my studio just pondering life. Um, anyway, so we are back and it is Friday and there's been a lot going on this week. First off, Microsoft had their Inspire conference. Uh, Microsoft also had their gaming uh, shindig yesterday. And well, Slack is taking Microsoft to the EU courts. We'll kick it off with that. Here's an interesting little thing. So when, when Microsoft launched Teams, Slack famously took out a full page ad in the New York Times saying, welcome to the collaboration party and other weird stuff. Uh, it was sort of odd at the time, but whatever. It's now a nice little landmark piece of history. And this week, Slack is taking Microsoft to the EU courts, or at least filing a complaint with the EU and saying that Teams being bundled with Office 365 is anti-competitive because it's putting, uh, it's a disadvantage for other applications and Microsoft is forcing people to use this. This is a really, really odd complaint. One, the CEO of Slack has said multiple times on the record that, that Teams is not a direct competitor of Slack. Okay, so whatever, you know, take it as a as it is the lawyers and and definitely other people inside the company agree that it is and i agree like slack you're either a slack company or you're a teams company very few companies are likely running teams and slack uh at the same time at least it is probably not allowing that if even if it is happening anyways that being said the complaint doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because they're saying that by bundling teams it's putting other things at a disadvantage and that microsoft did it intentionally to grow their market share and, and other various words um here's my biggest sort of challenge or problem with this is that Office 365 has always had a communication and collaboration tool. It was called Skype for Business. It has been there for eons. It has been a part of Office 365 and Teams is really just replacing that. So this is going to be a massive deal if Microsoft finds itself on the wrong end of an antitrust complaint, meaning that if Slack somehow becomes victorious with this and the EU is typically a little bit more liberal when it comes to antitrust complaints than, than say other courts around the world, they, this would be really interesting because if it's true, then they'd have to de they'd have to unbundle Teams from it. Um, what about OneDrive? OneDrive is a cloud service, and there's tons of competitors. You know, you've got Box, you've got Dropbox. There's tons of different cloud storage services. And if Microsoft isn't if isn't able to prove its business case with Teams, they could very much be like, okay, OneDrive's got to go too. And then what's going to happen is for companies around the world, suddenly their pricing is going to go up because you can make sure that if Microsoft has to break out Teams, it's not going to be for free because that would, again, defeat the purpose. So they're going to have to start charging independently for Teams. And that is not going to sit well with people or, or corporations. And maybe that's Slack's pitch because then they say, hey, if you're going to pay a couple bucks for Teams, why don't you make those couple bucks for Slack? We're a better tool. I don't know. We will see. This is a very long um, road and, and far from being over and there's going to be inquiries. It's just interesting timing because the rest of the world is looking through an antitrust lens at Apple, at Facebook, at Google and all these other companies as well. So now Microsoft finds itself in the middle of the fire. 
Also happening this week, Microsoft held its Inspire conference relating to Teams. Uh, the big news of the week is that they're opening up their third-party tooling so you can build better apps and more effective apps. And the, the features that were announced here is that they can now build solutions that interact with meetings. Uh, imagine like putting in an agenda tab or an easier note-taking tab. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of things rolling out. We're just getting started about the news that is how this all these Power Apps and functionality are going to tie in. Um, there's also a Power BI update that will actually make Power BI much more useful inside of Teams. Uh, if you're currently using it, you know the limitations now that those issues are going to be going away here very soon. Uh, Microsoft also had an outage that is still ongoing. If you're familiar with remotewebaccess.com, it's DNS. Microsoft it renewed the, the, the web page very late, it seemed, maybe in the cycle, and the DNS has broken and people are having, access, or having issues accessing the site. And this primarily impacts like the small and medium-sized businesses where people use this service to, well, remote access uh, into older versions of server, I believe. And there's just a lot of issues floating around with this. And so if you can't access the website, uh, you might need to roll your own uh, domain insert and, and get away from Microsoft's uh, product or platform, I should say, or whatever website, uh, because it's currently offline and have fun dealing with that here. Uh, trying to remote into a service when you can't remote in is always a fun time. On the Windows 10X side of things, Windows 10X is sort of, I don't want to say Microsoft's alternate OS, but it's definitely a more modernized version of Windows. Things have come completely full circle with Microsoft saying, hey, uh, well, Microsoft didn't say any of this. Actually, the leaks came out from multiple sources, and I've also been able to confirm independently that Microsoft is ripping out the Win32 containerization technology in Win 10X that primarily made Windows 10X interesting. And they're going back to the roots of something I wrote about in 2018 that Microsoft was building Windows Lite, which we now know as 10X, primarily focused on UWP and web apps and that is the experience we're going to see going forward and it's um, <laughs> it's going to be targeted at Chromebooks so that's going to be the entry level single screen we've come full circle the only thing we've lost is about 18 months of development time now it's called Project Veil I believe and that will resurface inside of 10x but not anytime soon so we will see there's also this cloud PC or cloud OS that Microsoft is working on, or cloud desktop, however you want to want to call it. They put a new job description out, which is basically taking Windows Virtual Desktop to the next level and allow you to stream applications easier. We don't know all the details yet, but it's I believe there might be some sort of solution where this cloud PC OS thing ties into 10X and to deliver some Win32 capabilities. We're not sure. Don't run with the presses on that one. We're still learning uh, as these things sort of dribble out of the greater Microsoft. Now. On to the gaming news, because the other big event besides Microsoft Inspire was Microsoft's Xbox Game Showcase, which happened yesterday. Now, if you're listening to this later, obviously it wasn't yesterday. Whatever. Um, so here's the thing. The biggest winner of the Xbox extravaganza, if you want to call it, was Game Pass. Game Pass came out walking out of that thing, strutting its stuff, feeling like a million bucks after that. Because first thing, all the first party titles are coming to Game Pass. So like if you're if you're already paying for Game Pass, you'll get to play all these games for no additional dollars than you've already committed uh, to the platform. The other big, and I'll call this somewhat of a surprise, is that Bungie is going to be including Destiny 2 with all the DLC later this year. And I believe it's gonna be coming to Game Pass for PC uh, sometime next year as well. So. Again, Game Pass value is just increasing exponentially. Somebody like myself who likes Destiny, but I haven't caught up on all the latest DLC packs. This is huge. I'll be able to jump right back in for a subscription I'm already paying and not have to worry about uh, the extra fees. So that is a big, 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 big 
win for Game Pass. So uh, that's actually honestly a pretty big deal. Uh, Avowed looked really good. I'm actually quite excited too about the next Fable. The reason being is it looks like they're tra they're trying to keep that humor that kind of made Fable, you know, Fable, where it has just humor built into the, the mechanics of the game. At least the very early trailer that they showed off looked great and looked impressive, but it looks like it's going to be pretty far off. Uh, the reason why I say that is if you look at, if you go back and watch it again, you'll notice that some games have, it says for Xbox Series X and PC, you notice that Xbox One is missing. How I interpret that to mean is that these games are probably at least a year, if not two years uh, away from release. So I bet it's probably closer to two years maybe at this point before some of these titles actually hit the box, if you will. Um, the other thing too is they showed off Forza 7 and for the very miniature, minute, small glimpse we got of it, I thought it looked great. But the problem is, is that it, we didn't really get to see it. So I, I think Avowed looks great. I think uh, Forza 7 looks great. I think Fable looks really, really good. Um, you know, in, there are a variety of different games. Fanny Star, Fantasy Star Online 2, I believe, was shown off from Sega. And, uh, you know, everybody had hopefully something they saw and liked. That, I think that was Microsoft sort of objective here. Now, Halo, though. Halo, we need to talk about Halo because I've been here over the development of Halo. I've heard a ton of different things from people who are well connected to the Halo um, development team, and I think all of it is actually starting to materialize in what we saw yesterday. So, depending on where you are on the side uh, of the Halo world, this was either like a really, really bad look or it was kind of like what you would expect. First off, let's talk about the graphics. The graphics to me were subpar, they, they lacked a lot of like detail um some of the, like the, there was the blood smattering like when enemies were being shot was just it just didn't feel organic or how i was expecting it to look in a next generation version of halo something it's, it's hard to exactly put your finger on it but something with the details was just quite frankly missing now you could say that the world was underdeveloped or something like that you got to keep in mind that halo this iteration is expected to be like fully open world that is how microsoft has sort of talked about it in the past and so we're still learning my, my problem here is that one, Microsoft didn't, if it is truly like open world and all that, Microsoft didn't show off like the open world part of the game, which kind of would have made things a lot better. Like if you would have saw this massive expansive environment and then some of the blood details were missing, okay, that makes it easier. But they really showed off more like a linear uh, view of the game. Now they did show off a 3D map, which candidly looked pretty darn cool, but we didn't get enough feel and gut feel for how things are going there. Um, the other part, too, was that the the lighting, it looked like ray tracing was turned on. Uh, we didn't get a really good look at it, but I would have loved to have seen more ray tracing particle effects. Just really showing off their new engine. you got to remember that with Halo, they built a brand new engine from the ground up, I believe, to launch this title. And so they had a massive investment to get that engine up and running. And then they put a massive investment into Halo. And we're not really seeing the return on that investment quite yet. And the, the thing that's scary is that we're maybe like three, four months away. Like they can't overhaul this game before they launch it. Like if it's going to truly be a launch title, like this is what it is. Like they can't totally revamp Halo Infinite right before release. Like that's just not possible. And so... It, it, I just, I felt it lacking a little bit. We, not, we got a nice look at a grappling hook from uh, Master Chief, which was great. Like, some of the things show, like, real promise. And honestly, when you see them driving the Warthog, um, when they smashed into, I think it was a grunt or whatever it was, like, it, it felt fluid. Like, it felt good. Like, there was, there was the glimmers of real big hope inside of Halo Infinite that, that, that awesomeness is there. 
I just don't feel like Microsoft made a really, really compelling case, or 343, I should say, that Microsoft made a, or 343 again, made a compelling case for Halo Infinite being a next-gen focused title, or even just a next-gen title at all. It, it looked like it was maybe something that could run very easily on uh, the X, uh, the One X right now, without any issue. I don't know. Just something, it just... I don't, I don't think there was enough grandeur or wow for something that they hyped up as much as they did for Halo Infinite. So we will see. The other big thing, we didn't see any multiplayer. We didn't see any multiplayer. Now, one source is telling me, and this is only one source, so I can't absolutely scream it from the higher tops, but they've been pretty decent in the past. Uh, one source is saying that multiplayer is not going to be shipping with single player this fall. Take that for, uh, you know, put that in your back pocket. And we may not be see, seeing multiplayer yet. I'm still poking around to get all the details on that. But just keep that in mind. Overall, there's hope for Halo Infinite. But what they showed off didn't wow the masses. I'm not saying that all the games that Microsoft showed off were bad. Um, just Halo just didn't sit right for as much hype as it got. And I know there's people on like very different side of the fences that people, some people loved it. Some people didn't. I was just looking for a little bit more spit and polish uh, for something that's been hyped up as much as Halo was, and here we are. Um, also, Amy Hood said that no, that the console is going to be launching in November. Now, this came from Dina Bass, who is a Bloomberg reporter. Asked her, "Is like, are the is the console Series X launching uh, in November?" And she responded with a single "Yes." So, look for the Series X in November. We still don't have a pricing that was not expected. We still don't know about Lockhart that was not expected either. Look for more of that information in August. Along, I'm hearing with potential pre-orders opening in August. Uh, but again, that that is a very fluid statement. What I just said, so don't like run with it. But we should hopefully get a lot more info in August. So. On to the questions of the week. Uh, Sydney2k says, Red, didn't expect to see question thread. Aren't you supposed to be taking a vacation? Yes, I was, but that got canned. Um, in, the, in the game of chicken between PlayStation and Xbox, one or the other has to take a first step. In your, in your opinion, which do you think stands to lose less if they announce their console pricing and launch dates? First, Sony or Microsoft? I think Microsoft, I don't know. I think they both have a lot to gain or lose. I don't... Candidly, I think they're going to be very, very close either way. Um, like if if the PlayStation making updates here, if the PlayStation comes out uh, November second and the Series X comes out the twelfth, that is not going to change the course of history. Right now, people who are going to be buying a PlayStation Five probably already know they're going to be buying a PlayStation Five. People who are going to be buying a Series X probably already know that they're going to be buying a Series X. Now there is definitely a demographic that says I'm waiting to see where these things land and then they will pick. Um, but I don't think like a week or two or three weeks between launch of consoles is really going to make a massive difference in any like significant way over the life cycle of the device. I mean, if you think about it, well, some people listening to this can probably pull out of their, their hats uh, the exact launch dates for all the other consoles. But when you think back, does the launch of the 360 versus the PlayStation 3 really make a difference or the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 launch dates really make a difference? No, like as long as it's not years, then everything seems to work out. Uh, Ellen Dial, no, I can't pronounce that. The Halo gameplay demo seems super unpolished. We all had laughs at the Halo 2 3 era brute face, but there were numerous elements when lighting uh, wasn't baked in and textures were just very noticeably popping in. Um, why did that get the green light as it seems such a step down from everything we have seen so far? So I tend to agree. I don't, I think it got green lighted because Microsoft has been putting some serious money into Halo and they have to get something out the door. Um, you know interpret that how you will also i heard some rumors that the series s may get a spunk bump over initial reports we don't any truth to that we don't know um 
those decisions have already been made. So you just keep that in mind. Uh, NGC224 says, if Surface Duo is done, why doesn't Microsoft just announce it and say it'll ship in a couple weeks? Well, speaking of Surface Duo, it did just pass through the FCC and get, I believe, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and maybe LTE certifications. It definitely got its radio certifies very, very recently. Couple that with executives tweeting these things out and posting them to the, into their grams um, at all times. Like this thing is about the launch. We don't know the exact date yet, but it'll probably be one of those like, here it is, bam, and then it's available. Uh, type scenario. So, uh, JTD Wob says, Brad, first, what game from Xbox Showcase provided the unexpected interest to you about by far? I I, I was surprised. That one I looked at, I was like, ah, that looks kind of good. Um, Fable, honestly, the Fable, like, excite me, excites me too, because one, it's Fable. Like, I, there's a game from, and I will talk about this game a ton, called Fable Coin Golf, back from the Windows Phone days, and I played the hell out of that thing. Uh, because it tied into the actual game on the console. Uh, and I, I just, I, I like the artwork and the humor and the style of Fable. And so uh, Fable looked fantastic personally. That's just, you know, kind of me. Uh, second, what type of machine are you playing your flight sim on? That is the flight sim that Microsoft is putting out. Also, that is the biggest sleeper title, by the way, guys. Uh, Microsoft Flight Swim Sim 2020 is going to be massively popular across the demographics. Now, granted, I think most people will play it on PC, but it's coming to Xbox. And that is another sleeper title that most people don't really consider when they think about the series uh, or upcoming Xbox generation. What graphics card and processor are you using? So right now I have a 1080, GTX 1080, and a 7900x uh, which is what 10 cores 20 threads now that is my like workstation box that's what i edit all these videos on photoshop and other stuff um, but i also play i play flight sim on there and i've also been playing quite a bit of the latest command and conquer release although there's some performance issues that drive me nuts about that game um been playing quite a bit on that box so uh, Bryson says, I hope you're able to get away. I, unfortunately, I was not. I got to break the monotony. Sometimes I fully agree. Anyways, based on the news this week around cloud PC, Windows 10X, and the previous news from Apple about their shift arm, which path forward do you think appears to be the best for consumers? So here's an interesting thing about arm. And this is something that needs to be talked about more because Microsoft, for Microsoft running their stuff on arm is sort of just like this, this, you know, alternate path, this side quest for Microsoft, right? It's like, you can still run it on your desktop. You can still do everything great, but here's ARM. You can go do that if you want. Apple, on the other hand, is saying, we are going down this path, get on the boat or you're going to drown. And it's a very different approach because Apple is saying, this is the path you have to go. And Microsoft is saying this path, eh, we'll play around with this path and see if anything kind of bubbles up, which is why they have trouble getting developers onto the Microsoft arm ship and Apple's arm ship. Everyone's just like, come on aboard. You know, this is what we got to do if we want to keep selling our apps. Um, as for which is better and, and it's hard to say because they're both taking different approaches. Microsoft has the problem for Microsoft. And it's not, it's not a problem is that they quite literally make billions of dollars still doing what they're doing today. Granted, they want to continue to make billions of dollars, but like trying to up completely upend a multi-billion dollar a year business. Isn't something you want to just be like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just lose that money. That's fine. Um, so Anyways, um, the best for consumer, it's kind of hard to say. Like, I think, candidly, I think Apple's approach might be better for consumers, mostly because their story is much more clear and concise that this is the route we're going for. On the Windows side, um, it's basically just legacy at this point. Like, if you like Windows, then it's just fine. And so, there you go. 
Kadupa says, uh, why doesn't Microsoft release a dev kit for Windows 10X to developers to work on Windows 10X apps as no one will spend $1,000 on a development device? Um, I think primarily because Windows 10X has been waffling around. Now, granted, there is demo or development hardware available. At one point, I thought they were going to be showing it at Build, but then, you know, the virus happened and, and Build got completely hodgepodge. Um, and so there's that. And then they completely shifted their mentality about how they were going to be um, producing and and, and going to market with TEDx so that's probably why the other thing is too you can do it in an emulator which gives you a, a decent experience and knowing where Windows 10x is headed now I don't know if they really need it because it's just running if it runs a UWP and runs a web app then what do you need a dev kit for so uh, and then he says I also feel like 10x is dead on arrival or DOA as I don't see urgency in developing a clear plan and what Microsoft is doing do you see any path the path will be if Microsoft can actually make it work now the key here is they 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 better not call this thing Windows. If they call Windows 10X Windows and it doesn't run Win32 apps and it doesn't look like traditional Windows, then it is very much going to be dead on arrival. Microsoft has tried that multiple times of calling things Windows, but they're not really truly Windows under the hood. And so they need to come up with a new name, EdgeOS or something, whatever, um, you know, call it what you will, Teams OS, Microsoft 365 OS, although that's a mouthful, or maybe 365 OS, who knows? Um, I think that is a much better approach rather than calling it Windows. So, uh, any thoughts on the Xbox Series X pricing? I'm, I'm personally um, putting my dollar dues in the bank at $499. That's where I think it will come in. Now, that is just based on pure speculation, but I bet $499 is a pretty good and, and safe bet. It may be $549. I don't know. If it comes in at $599, I would be surprised because that's hefty. Um, I think it's going to depend on too where the Lockhart Series S comes in, but I am personally expecting somewhere around the 499 benchmark. And you know, if I have to add additional dollars to the bank account to get to the 599, then so be it. But 499 is what I'm expecting. Um, and then he says, while Microsoft and Sony might be waiting to see one another what one another does, it might be good for Microsoft to get out in front and force Sony to compete uh, versus Sony uh, waiting to talk. Uh, waiting to talk first. I, yeah. yeah and I am guilty of this too. Like we're sitting here like laughing because Microsoft and Sony are like, you know, pointing fingers at each other, the Spider-Man meme. And we're waiting for all of them to just, just put it out on the table. And I don't, you know, at this point it's so late into the, the, the cycle. Um, I don't think it's going to make a difference. Like if they would have announced pricing in March or something like that, and then, you know, we would have been sitting here talking about it, but it's going to be one of those things that you're going to have pre-order pricing and then you can just pre-order and then it's just going to be here. I mean, we're November is a long way away, but it's really not. We're just, you know, about a quarter away uh, from hitting that, that release date. So uh, JVMYC says, does the end of the Xbox One X production effectively confirm the release of Lockhart as the next gen entry level SKU? Yes, I believe so. I, I would, that's a valid and reasonable assumption. Um, so yeah. Usman uh, says, my thoughts on the Xbox show, but interested to hear your take. We'll scroll back in time. But anyways, from the twi Twitter sphere, Usman says, it looks like nothing really stood out on the Xbox side of things that would convince someone to go for the Series X over the PS5. I mean, the PS5 has Spider-Man, which is an amazing game. He's not wrong there. For the PS4 and likely to be an amazing continuation of the game uh, for the next gen release. It is going to be an interesting generation where the PlayStation 5 will outsell the Series X similar to the PS4 Xbox One. Um, I fully agree. Like, defining success 
for the next generation consoles is not like i know this may not be what people want to hear but the series x is not going to outsell the playstation 5 that, that is not going to happen right now it's roughly two to one if microsoft can even get it one to one or even just close that is a, a substantial win for microsoft the playstation has a much larger install base a much more loyal fan base at this time um primarily just developed over through the years and so it's going to be tough for them to outsell it it doesn't mean xbox series x is a failure in any capacity right you got to remember microsoft is putting all their chips into game pass right not all their chips but they're putting a big effort into game pass and so that is going to be the best value in gaming for a very long time and that is going to be the probably the long long-term go forward path for xbox gaming in general but just keep in mind that I fully expect the PlayStation 5 to outsell the Series X. doesn't mean it's a better console. It just means that it, it, it sold more um, at the end of the day. So, da, da, da. Uh, Good Bar says, uh, best guest on the Pixel 4 <laughs> for a release date. Well, I would have guessed like a month ago. But um, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's getting kind of weird about that. I didn't the... get that. Could you try again? Did you guys hear that? That Siri just started listening for reasons i don't understand um anyways the pixel 4a release date i don't have a great guess i would have expected it to be released by now considering how much it's leaked over the past i don't know two months or so something like that and so maybe september I, but that's a that's a shot in the dark and then mr pki rounding it out uh, ending question for this week with an infinite bomb did anyone even like the halo infinite gameplay demo uh, what was actually worth looking forward to and seeing in a few months? Didn't the graphics seem really low res and not groundbreaking? I definitely agree that the graphics seemed low res and not groundbreaking. Some people, like I trolled the, trolled, I read all the forums about a lot of reactions to the Halo Infinite, and there are some people who are optimistic about it. Um, I think some of those opinions are a little overly optimistic, thinking like what can happen between now and release. I mean, go back, what was the EA title that was supposed to kill Destiny um, that came out? with a beta and it was terrible and there was like oh they'll fix it before it launched and then um and then it came out and completely flopped i can't even remember the name of it now it was so short-lived anyways um there's a lot of room to be desired when it comes to the halo world i think the narrative is not yet complete microsoft needs to come out and talk a bit more about it and give us some more details and tell us if this thing really is going to launch this fall but there's definitely some rough and unpolished edges although you could probably say that about me too so there you go guys thanks for tuning in this week thanks for all the questions and we'll be back here next week